Welcome to our very first West Day podcast. We are so excited to come and be together again here in this place. This is the new Family Life Center under construction. So if you hear some sounds in the background, it is a construction site. So just know that. But we're so excited to come to you again and update you on the current status of this space. It has been so exciting, this whole journey of moving into this place where this was once a parking lot and now it is a building. You have been here though your entire life. You have seen the transitions that have happened in the life of West Angeles. Tell me how you feel about where we've been and where we are now. Well, I am completely blown away. I am so happy to be here with you. You look ridiculously gorgeous on today. Thank you. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Doesn't she? But even outside of that, I am completely blown away even to be sitting here um, in this place to know, like you said before, having grown up here, looking at how far God has brought us and where we are here now, it, it has let me know that he has been faithful. We just recently said goodbye to our North Campus location. And about that, I said that that was a miracle inside of a miracle leading us to where we are today. And to be here sitting in the middle of this construction site and to hear um, the men and the construction and the drilling going on. And I'm wondering if we can hear it in the background, but to know that there are people right now even building this place and to know that God has brought us this far and very soon the word is going to be being preached right from that spot right there. It just completely blows me away. And to know that the Lord saw fit to put me in as pastor and to know that that's what's going on. I, I'm still trying to wrap my mind around what God is doing, but I am just so happy to be here in the middle of whatever he has planned. And we're going onward and upward in him. I know a lot of people want to know what the transition has been like for you. For so many Bishop Blake and Lady May have been the pastor and first lady for more than 50 years. People have grown up here, done life together here. What has the transition been like for you, stepping into the role of pastor of this great church? It has been extremely uh, surreal um, for me. I think I look at it at the same way as when I became a dad. Um, when I first looked down at little Charles um, and I was, wait a minute, you're a dad. I was racked simultaneously, racked with feelings of ecstasy and terror um, at what the Lord had just brought me into. Um, so you were right. Uh, Bishop and Lady May had been my pastor and first lady for more than 53 years. They are the only um, pastor and first lady that I ever knew. I had only ever known um, Bishop and my father to be the pastor. Uh, 
So to now know that the Lord has put me here as pastor and as a leader of this awesome ministry is a very um, daunting task. And again, you know, like I said, as to becoming a father, I am simultaneously racked with uh, feelings of ecstasy and terror. But I do know that God is with us. And, you know, we talked about our theme scripture um, for this year, which was Joshua 1 verses 6 through 9, which says, be strong and courageous because I am with you. You know, so I keep that scripture with me all the time now because I know that it is only through his power that we're going to do something great. So what has it been like for you since becoming pastor have there been any challenges or obstacles you've had to overcome? Well, it's at a certain point in time when things would be happening in the church and I would be a part of the planning meeting, situations would arise up and we would be having to face a certain choice. And it was very interesting though, because when those conversations would come up, everyone in the room would look at Bishop. And, you know, we would look to him to be able to have an answer. And no matter what was going on, you know, no matter what choice was being made, it was easy just to glance over there at Bishop and just to see what was going, what was going to happen or what decision was going to be made. Um, but at a certain point in time after the installation, um, a situation came up and I just habitually glanced over where Bishop would be sitting and he was not there. This was a situation and a choice I had to make. And it came down to the Family Life Center was scheduled to be finished in August to December. Mm -hmm. um, yet with the new ULA measure that had just gotten passed, the mansion tax that had gotten passed, it, it said that any property deal or any sale of property over a certain amount would be subject to a certain tax. And because we were building the Family Life Center and we were dealing with that property transaction, it would have meant that the church would have had to pay a substantial um, fee of more than a million dollars um, to be able to do what it was that we needed to do. And it was at that time that um, I as pastor needed to make the decision to move out of the North Campus and to move out of our offices at the North Campus um, earlier than we did. And, you know, they asked, they let me know that this is what needed to happen. And these were the options that we had. And if we stay, then we're going to have to pay this amount of money. But if we leave, um, then we'll be able to save that money and be able to close the deal a little bit earlier and um, keeping and wanting to be a good steward of the resources um, of the contributions and the life and the sacrifices and the gifts that people had given the church. Um, I felt that it would be best for us to move out of the North Campus early. And it, it was the best decision, but that was the first time I really felt really the, the onus of being the pastor. And um, even though I had been preaching, you know, for months at a time, it was really at that time when I put my pen on that paper to sign that, that, you know, you're the pastor now. Um, the only person you have to look to to make these decisions now is 
is God. Yeah. Whereas before, as co-pastor or assistant pastor, I could look at my father, you know, because of he had been pastor for so long to make decisions like that. Um, I guess that's when the rubber hit the road for me, that you the pastor, <laughs> you know, you the pastor, <laughs> you know. So um, that was one of the, the, the biggest things. And there have been a number of situations and circumstances and decisions that had a that have had to have been made um, since then. But knowing that um, I'm trusting in the Lord and knowing that he is guiding me and guiding us has meant everything. I know that we can move into the future in victory. So your big step in going from someone who sat there observing, observing how Bishop did things, how he made decisions, to now you being that person yeah. to make the decisions, taking with you everything that you have learned along the way. From him, yes. yes. And all of the prayers that you can muster and all the times of seeking God to make the decisions now for the church that is now on your shoulders. So Pastor Charles, know that we, as your West Angeles family, will continue to keep you in prayer. Thank we you. will continue to undergird you and stand by your side as our new pastor. Pray real slow. Amen. I need the <laughs> Lord. I'm going to need every syllable of that prayer. I want the Lord to hear it nice and easy and nice and clear. So thank you so very much. It is my honor to be going into the future um, as your pastor and serving you as your pastor and going through this with you. Thank you. One look at you makes everything easier. It's amazing to watch what God did in the lives of Yielded Vessels, being your father, Bishop Charles E. Blake Sr. and Lady May. To see how God used them to build this church has been extraordinary. To see how Bishop, being the visionary that he was, took us from Adams and churches before that, but Adams and then eventually down here to the North Campus, which we did say goodbye recently in a service to uh, the North Campus. And all of our operations will be down here at the cathedral location. In this building. And, yeah. yeah. And I'm looking forward to seeing what's going to happen through your ministry because you've watched your father. You've seen what can happen in the life of someone who God has his hands upon. And your vision for the future of West Angeles, would you tell us a little bit about what that is? Well, it's really not too different than the vision that Bishop had for West Angeles. But um, I've said it before, I'll continue to say it again, that the vision of West Angeles operates under the understanding that God has put something very special inside of each one of us something that makes you uniquely you, something that no one else on earth can do because God made you you. Before he formed you in your mother's womb, before he said the words, let there be light, he had each one of us in mind. And it is our job as West Angeles, one, to connect people with their creator so they can be connected with their source. And as they're connected with their source and come into relationship with him, he's able to bring out their purpose, bring out their potential. After that, it becomes us to be able to, it becomes up to us to give you an opportunity to bring out what God put inside of you. 
And there is so much more that goes along with that. It leads us into our scriptural theme for this year, which is Joshua 1 and 6 um, through 9, um, which talks about being strong and courageous. Um, it stays right in with the, the mission and the vision of West Angeles at this time. But as we go into these times of change and into these times of transition and these uncertain times, even in the world right now, for us to be strong and courageous, that the same God that brought us here is going to carry us all the way through because he's faithful. I love that you talked about purpose and realizing one's purpose, because right now where we are in just our where we are as a church, God has opened so many doors for us to be able to fulfill that purpose. We always wonder like, does God still perform miracles? But we have seen even in this, this movement of us moving from the North Campus down to the cathedral and how all that happened, how God performed a miracle and had a company come through that purchased that property, which gave us the opportunity to pay off the cathedral, to pay off this phase of the building project, and to still have money left over for incidentals. That is a modern day miracle. And we have been here as a church family to see all of this happen. And yes, we've been in the midst of a pandemic and still God, even in the midst of a pandemic, kept things going, kept moving us forward. Yes. So my prayer is that, you know, I look at it like that, that saying that says, if you build it, they will come. So my prayer is that as the Family Life Center is completed, that that will bring more people into the doors of West Angeles, that more families will come into the doors of West Angeles, that everyone, no matter how old or how young they are, can find a place to plug in and be connected with what God is doing in the life of our church. So when you look at the Family Life Center and all that it's becoming, what is it that you see for the future of West Angeles? Well, it's very insightful that you brought up miracles. We just spoke about, even not too long ago, about the book of Nehemiah, which incidentally is a book of the miraculous. God's people did the miraculous, but there is not one supernatural miracle, so to speak, in the book of Nehemiah. It is something that God did the miraculous through the hands and the hearts of his people. And even though God brought about a miracle, you know, through helping us get the loan and through helping us get the finances we need to move forward in building it, he still wants us to be able to dedicate and commit our hearts and our hands to doing the work that is necessary to complete the work. God has always been faithful, but the beautiful thing about that, also in line with the vision of West Angeles for the future, is that he works through his people. He's working through you and I, through us, to be able to do that work. And it will not happen if we do not continue to set our hands and our hearts to the task. And even with that, I am just so knocked over and bowled over and overwhelmed with what he's put inside of each and every one of you um, out there. And I am so excited to see in the very near future what the Lord is going to be bringing out 
in the heart and in the minds of our First Lady. So you will be so happy and so surprised. It's going to completely knock your socks off what God's going to be doing through Lady Deandra. And can you tell us a little bit more about that? That's what I want to know about today. They see me all the time. You know, but we, we're on, we're wondering what's going on inside of that beautiful heart and mind of yours. Well, those of you who, who know me, whenever I feel like God has placed something in my heart, I want to get started on it right away. But sometimes God says, wait, wait until he accomplishes and completes some of the things that he's trying to accomplish behind the scenes. And so this season has been a test of uh, patience for me. I learned not to pray for patience because he'll put me in a whole bunch of situations where I have to be patient. He's answering <laughs> but, your prayer, <laughs> yeah, right? Yes, but um, yeah, so I want, I want God to fulfill his purpose in, in me and as first lady, I would love to reach out and pull other ladies in to be a part of the life of our church, to give them places to serve, even if they're younger, because when you're young, and I'm talking about like teenagers up through the 20s area, where you're really trying to come into your own and realize who you are. And I'd really like to pull them into getting involved in the life of the church in a space that they thrive because there are things right now, even like in, in multimedia, even in social media, that us as the older crew don't know how to do as well as they do. So getting them involved in the life of the church where they are, where their hearts and their minds are wrapped around the work of the church, I think is really exciting, an exciting opportunity. And an exciting opportunity for those of us who are a little older to be able to pour into the younger generation what we have learned. I didn't think I was that old, by the way. <laughs> yes, we are on the other side now. <laughs> but being able to have those opportunities available to us now, like, I think about all the Sunday school classes that we will have, all of the different Bible studies we will have, all of the different areas of opportunity within the life of the church for everyone to serve. So I'm looking forward to seeing people come back into the walls of the church, the four walls of the church. Right now during the pandemic, right. um, a lot of people got used to being at home and watching services on TV. And yes, there are things to consider, you know, people's safety and their health. Um, that keeps everyone at home sometimes. But my prayer is that there will be a peace in their hearts to return to the four walls into the four walls of the, the church and to complete the mission that God has us set to, the task that he has us set to. All around the world, we're seeing that not just our church, but churches everywhere are dealing with that, where there's just not the same attendance, not the same engagement that there used to be. What would be your plan to get people back into the walls of the church, the four walls of the church? Hmm. I'm glad you asked. As, we've, as I've thought about that and I've prayed about it a lot, 
But if you think about it, that's not just something that's happening with churches. Um, we even before the pandemic, um, they were having an issue with um, theaters. You know, um, people not going to the movies as much simply because of the advances in streaming technology and in the apps. Uh, people were not going to public venues as much as, say, sports events. And even before the epidemic started, there seemed to be kind of an all-out attack or a rise in skepticism of the traditional pillars that we believed in and trusted in. People were not believing and trusting in politics as much, all of the scandals that were going on. So even going into the pandemic, um, there were things that were going on in all of our different aspects and segments of life. Um, church attendance didn't start dropping when the pandemic started. It was something that was going on even before we started staying home. It just so happens, and it was a blessing, that West Angeles was able to give some kind of offering online. But there were so many of God's houses and churches around the country that were not able to move as quickly into online ministry. But not to speak about church attendance um, not being as connective as it was before the pandemic, this was something that we were thinking about um, moving into the pandemic. And I guess the major remedy for that is relevance and meaning. Um, as there have been so many shifts that have been happening in church growth um, and in church life, we have to figure out how we can stay relevant and be able to meet people's needs and be able to meet people where they are. And we might not be able to come here on a Sunday morning, but we believe that your relationship with God is something that should go outside the walls of the church, um, into your houses, into your jobs, into your relationships. And what we have is life. What we have is victory. So instead of society and culture dealing with um, a pursuit of happiness, at West Angeles, we've always been preaching a pursuit of purpose a pursuit of meaning. And if we as God's people and the church can remain relevant in meeting people's needs and meeting people where they are, we will still be fulfilling God's command to go out and the great commission to go out and preach the word and to go out and reach people. And as long as you stay relevant, people will come. And of course, we would always love for someone to, and for people to come to the church and to be a part of worship because sometimes you feel better when you can lock in with people that you are with and the people who are under attack. If, you, if you're under attack alone and the world is coming against you and you're alone, then you feel like there's no one there to support you and you feel like you're going through your situation by yourself. But when you can be with a group of people who are going through the same kind of situation, you all can find strength in each other. And that is the main reason why we like to gather together for worship, where you can celebrate together so you can hurt together. And sometimes you can laugh together and sometimes you can cry together. And that is why we gather together on Sunday to give thanks in the spirit of gratitude and to give a cheer of victory and celebration for what God has done for us. So it's really about realizing who we are as truly the body of Christ, yes. that everyone has a function, everyone's function may be different, but all of us working together to make that body function properly and at its best. See, I can't wait for you to preach that. <laughs> well, 
later. But, but um, so whether a person works in um, a restaurant, whether someone is a doctor, whether someone is a lawyer, whether someone is a manager of a retail store, they still have a place that they can plug in with their gift in the life of the church. Even if it is trying to help someone else who may have that same idea for a career path, helping them to go and be successful in that career path. Yes. So everyone can be a part of the life of the church and it doesn't necessarily have to be on the pulpit. Exactly. It's just being who you are as a child of God and representing Christ in your everyday. Exactly. As you encounter people. Exactly. It's definitely um, not on the pulpit. Um, there's so many gifted entrepreneurs and doctors and medical professionals and writers and engineers and teachers and professors that are members of West Angeles, people who work in the construction field, people who work in the hospitality industry, um, those who are a part of sanitation. We have all people from all walks of life who are members of West Angeles. And God has gifted, again, God has gifted each and every one of us with something beautiful. And it doesn't have to be you that you have to come up and preach a sermon or, you know, have to know every verse in the Bible, but for you to let God's power and life live through you wherever you are. We need the love of the Lord to go into our boardrooms. We need the love of the Lord to go in every aspect of all of our lives, you know, of our members out there. Um, even those who are building this building right now um, in construction, you might be able to hear construction going on right now. They are operating in their purpose of what God has given them anointing to be able to do. So whatever it is that you do, you can do it to the glory of God. I'm so excited about the future of our church. And I love how you say that we may not know what the future is, right? but we know who holds the future. And the one who holds the future has a plan. He had a plan for us before the world was ever created. Amen, sister. And so us just getting in line with that plan is what we have to do. That's what our goal should be every day. Amen. So I know that your commitment and my commitment is that we will always follow God, always seek God for direction and who he would have us to be. That's right. As a church and how he would have us to reach out to those who have not yet come into the church, how we can be more evangelistic in our approach, whether it's in the four walls, whether it's online with um, those we connect with online. I hope that God will just use our church to be a beacon of hope, a beacon of light, that we will always point people home yes. here. And we like to say, welcome home to West Angeles. Welcome home, because this really does feel like home. It is a large church and we have a lot of members, but in an interesting way, once you get involved in the life of the church, once you start making friends in the life of the church, it doesn't feel so big. And it's just a wonderful thing to, to know that and to experience that. Because looking from the outside, it does look humongous, but it doesn't 
feel that way once you're on the inside. Would you say that that is true? That is exactly true. Um, but then again, I've, I've been here, <laughs> you know, all of my life. But the connections that I've seen form here at West Angeles um, between the members and between the people who go here, um, the connections and the friendships and the bonds that I've seen that God's people have formed within themselves, not, not a bunch of cliques or anything like that because we're all one family, but it just knocks me over. I will say that it is my great honor to be going into this future um, with you. And it is an even greater honor for me to be going into this future with you. Thank you. No, thank you. Thank you. So if you have tuned in to our podcast, our very first one, we want you to stay connected with us. And we hope that your heart will be filled to overflowing and that your heart will be excited to come and be a part of what God is doing here at West Angeles. Don't just come and be a spectator, but be a participator. Come with the idea in mind that you have something to offer because you do. And we would look so forward to meeting you and hearing what God is doing in you and through you and watching God take you to higher heights. We will be a better church because you are here. I love hearing you say that. I love what you just said. She said, don't be a spectator, be a participator. I'm with that. Thank you so much for joining us today. We hope that you'll tune in next time. I'm not sure where the location will be, but it might be here to let you know what's going on at that particular time. But we hope to see you soon.